Welcome to the Geneva Center for Security Policy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Paul Vallée, Associate Fellow with the GCSB's Global Fellowship Initiative. For the next week, I'll be talking to you with subject matter experts to explain issues regarding peace, security, and international cooperation. Thank you for tuning in. When tackling international or local crises and problems, adequate expertise and leadership are required. In a diverse world, with increasingly diverse sect of actors, what does it mean to exercise leadership? Can we expect traditional elites to hold it exclusively, or should we foster the emergence of leaders within the diversity of our communities? Leadership training is one of the core activities through which the GCSP aims to reinforce peace and security. And to discuss where this is going uh, within a growingly diverse audience, I'm talking today with Ingrid Gasquez. Ingrid Gasquez is currently the Leadership Portfolio Manager for the Geneva Leadership Alliance, the partnership between the GCSP and the Center for Creative Leadership. A Spanish lawyer by profession, actively engaged in advancing individual rights and sustainable development, Ingrid has built this expertise through work in the private sector for the Mondelez Group's uh, Cocoa Life, the Sustainability Cocoa Program, uh, but also in the nonprofit sector as a founder of the NGO Mundus and as a learning and development specialist supporting developing activities to strengthen developing countries to strengthen their health and health supply chains with the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Malaria and Tuberculosis. Ingrid is the course director for the April virtual edition of the Lead and Influence with Impact or LIMPACT course. So welcome to the podcast, Ingrid. My first question to you would be, indeed, when proposing a course addressing the diversity of political actors, of potential actors of change across the world, are we talking about leadership or rather about empowerment? And are these two concepts linked according to your experience? Thanks for that question, Paul. So, so first of all, I would like to start stating that Leadership is an evolving concept, it's not static, because it happens with people around the context. So the Center for Creative Leadership actually defines leadership as a social process that enables individuals to work together and achieve results. And those results could never be achieved working in isolation as individuals. So people is needed to make leadership happen. And actually, we don't picture a leader just sitting at home alone working in isolation. So adding this extra layer of diversity is linked to inviting more people to that leadership process, to be able to to be part of the conversation, to span the the space so that we could fit more people. And then that at the same time brings new perspectives, uh, new new points of view based on their own experiences and, and biases, of course. I think the question goes back to understanding who is a leader? What do we understand by a leader? Is it someone that has the position or the authority and, and rules around, or is it maybe someone that maybe doesn't have the position but is still able to influence others? Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is that we become more powerful when we empower others, mm-hmm. and, and great leaders unleash the leader within each person uh, and allowing them to use their own power. That allows people to feel like they are contributing. And this is exactly the intention when we welcome participants from all around the world with different age groups and generations and different industries. It's it's the perfect soup to cook uh, something tasty where where learning can happen, where we can unpack assumptions, provoke reflections, uh, and learn together partly because of the context that we build for participants. 
So, so yes, to, to answer your question, I, I think definitely one could argue that, that leadership is linked to empowerment, of course. And, uh, well, um, of course, you, you've worked with a really a, a, a quite a different set of, uh, of people throughout your, your, your career uh, and supporting their uh, leadership skills and their, and their empowerment. And uh, according to your experience, what, what obstacles do minority members face to, to exercise leadership roles within their communities? And, and how does teaching help them to overcome this? So let, let me start um, just maybe reframing the, the, the teaching uh, yeah. others. Because mm -hmm. I think what we try to do is not to be in a position where we teach and they learn, but exactly because of this diversity in the room and, and the richness that we create around, we all learn together, including mm -hmm. the subject experts. We continuously continuously grow and, and, and this happens uh, on a constant basis. And about minorities, if you allow me, I would like to unpack that that word, uh, because that can mean so many different things in different contexts and, and scenarios. Uh, so we could be talking about minorities culturally or ethnically or racially. Yeah. Um, so it, it's coexisting with a, with a subordinated uh, dominant group. Uh, and gender is, uh, of course, another layer when we talk yes. about minorities. Uh, what we have learned uh, when facilitating learning processes with diverse groups is that the the one size fits all obviously does not work due to the nature of different scenarios where participants need to go back and, and actually apply practices. The under, underlying of objective is for participants to be able to apply what they learn once they go back to their conflict areas where they work protecting civilians or, or in a headquarter where they face internal politics or NGO teams where they face this coordination and there is inefficiency. If participants are not able to put into practice all that, then the course is actually not working. We are failing them. That's why in our courses and projects, we, we do share a toolkit of practices that participants can start applying uh, from, from the course itself. We do offer a, a different frameworks and, and tools that they can adapt to their context and decide how to best use them. And the, the course itself is a, a safe space that we create so that they can start practicing with those new tools. Well, uh, I do stand corrected, uh, as you uh, as you mentioned, that uh, indeed, you know, the the, the learning process uh, here is is very much about sharing the experiences uh, that the uh, course participants uh, bring, and 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 so that leads me, of course, to my my next reflection is uh, what have we learned about how uh, is leadership exercised, whether it's in a different style or with different methods, when the leaders that we bring forth uh, do represent this, this diversity that exists within communities? So I, I, I will say that um, when working with multicultural teams, um, sometimes sitting from different parts of the world with different time zones, there is the need for leaders to learn to create value out of that diversity. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a nice to have anymore, but it's a must. Mm -hmm. So managers are responsible to take that responsibility for creating a diverse an inclusive work environment. Some co companies are supporting uh, the effort, adding diversity and inclusion as objectives to be considered on, on the yearly appraisals. That's definitely a way to show commitment towards diversity from organizations. What we also see happening is this concept of cosmetic di diversity, which is different from the real diversity. Uh, uh, what comes to my mind is the, the old Benetton fashion clothing campaigns, where you could see all sorts of skin colors in a picture. Mm -hmm. The reality is that if you have that in a team, 
But all those belong to the same generation, have studied in the same elite university uh, and have been raised in similar context. Is that real diversity? Because that seems pretty homogeneous in a way. The magic happens actually when the diversity is, is diversity of thought. That means people around you have different and diverse experiences in race, gender, social, socioeconomic bank, background, but also differences when, when it comes to, to learning and in the professional field. Uh, it's important to be able to, to harvest all those ideas uh, that actually uh, bring innovation and offer a chair on the table to many different voices. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is that the world is changing constantly and the issues we need to solve are different each time. So one of the ways that organizations are adapting is, is, is listening to uh, what is, is changing around and using those voices to having a spectrum of, of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For all that to happen, what needs to happen? Actually, um, the ability to have challenging conversations, to have better conversations, to, to have more dialogue, to accept different points of view, that, that needs to be built as part of the DNA of organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all, the, all that starts maybe by learning how to give and receive feedback so that practices of, of having a growth mindset, mindset are embedded. So this is part of our curriculum in all our courses. And we encourage participants to actually have those conversations and, and actually try new things out so that they start a process within their own teams that could actually grow through the organization. Uh, well, um, uh, what you're saying is also, I think, bringing uh, a reflection on, on my part. You know, I thought about it as a... Uh, question, but this is maybe more something that we can probably uh, relate to. Uh, but uh, listening to you, I can't uh, help feeling that this also has uh, some applications in, in, in conflict resolution, and not just uh, issues of, of leadership. Because if uh, the, uh, say, the traditional holders of, uh, of leadership are uh, exposed to alternate voices, to alternate methods, to uh, proposals, uh, coming from traditionally more unrepresented uh, members of a very diverse public, then perhaps there is, if they're willing to learn and, 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 and listen, uh, something to gain from the, for themselves too uh, about this. So uh, uh, I do think it's uh, quite important. And um, well, bringing that's me, right. approach, that's, yeah, bringing that's me fully right. uh, to uh, some of our more, I think, uh, current uh, events, I and mean, that is characterized, of course, the, the past year as well too. We've seen in the United States, but uh, elsewhere in the uh, world, an apparently growing, I would say, uh, growing trend and demand for representation uh, by uh, representatives of diversity, of the diversity within societies. And uh, so, of course, I, I was wondering whether we're, we're looking at uh, something that is uh, really more of a, a recent trend or uh, in your experience of working in the field of leadership training, have you seen this demand and, and, this, uh, and, and this movement uh, exist for some time and it has just gathered momentum recently? So you could argue that um, diversity as a general concept uh, has been built over decades. Uh, diversity in general started being discussed during the Second World War when women joined the workforce, since men were away doing the military service. Mm. Uh, And then we we have seen uh, improvements over the years on the 60s with the civil rights movements that offer opportunities for for more uh, ethnicity, diversity in the workplace. But actually, probably it's from the 
20 years ago that companies have understood that diversity in the workplace is something useful, actually. Employers have realized that cultural diversity in the workplace brings benefits and recruitment practices have, have changed. The policies are, are new. They have been tweaked to be more appealing to attend to to a to be more appealing to a more ethnically diverse talent pool. Diversity can also be generational, rational, educational. So there are so many types of diversity that that we still see companies sort of getting there, uh, organizations understanding that that's that's important because actually the company itself is going to benefit from it. Diversity fosters innovation and creativity. When you pair a, a fresh graduate with someone that has more experience, actually, that's the recipe for innovation. Diverse teams perform better, detect errors faster, and are able to come up with more creative ideas. So I guess there is more evidence uh, now that all that happens, and it happens because diversity is treated as, a, as an asset rather than as ticking boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's why we have the feeling that it's a trend now. Also, I believe the current situation has forced many organizations to, to reinvent how they do things, how they approach their business, how they see the world. And that requires new lenses. It requires diverse teams to find answers to the new questions arising. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, since, uh, since we can see that, well, perhaps uh, we're, we're already in the midst of uh, carrying out this experiment, then uh, I suppose my uh, natural uh, ultimate question to you uh, would be uh, whether it's already possible uh, at this stage to uh, observe the, that the, the growing attention given to diversity and leadership training, is that yielding particular results? And do we see it manifestly uh, expressed in more domains than others? Or uh, are we really looking at an, an overall uh, improvement of uh, diversity representation in, in leadership and, 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 of course, diversity impact on leadership too. I believe the conversation is definitely richer and has evolved from talking about quotas to tick the box of diversity to actually valuing diverse teams. You see companies now embedding diversity training in their training portfolios for employees. Mm-hmm. You see HR budget lines dedicated to, to streamlining diversity, to take advantage of it. I also believe that managers have understood that you don't need to compromise the quality of your hires or promotions in order to expand the diversity of the organization's talent. Also, for companies that have decided uh, to make their diversity visible, that's actually key for, for the system itself to show that it's fair, that there are opportunities within the system, that people can grow and succeed. So I, I think we are in a better situation where we went from ticking boxes and quotas to celebrating real diversity and take it, uh, taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in relation to the domains or sectors, I don't see a particular um, difference between any. In the one that, that, that I work in the peace and security space, uh, I see organizations now having dedicated leadership programs that include diversity. And this is something new. You couldn't think about this 10 years ago. Oh. Um, so definitely, I believe we are on the right track. Still a lot to do, but on the right track. Uh, of course, if uh, there wasn't, uh, of course, a rationale for us to continue working on this, uh, that would be probably mm-hmm. a shame. But uh, uh, and you know, bearing bearing in mind also, of course, the the, the great uh, the great uh, diversity in the world, and and addressing either companies or organizations who have. Uh, 
uh, a global span and, and are confronted to, uh, to issues of uh, exactly cultural difference, that may also, of course, uh, be uh, something in which there is an ongoing learn learning process to move from you know, the, this cultural diversity as uh, a bit of an impediment towards mm -hmm. uh, and indeed uh, making it a, a, a full instrument part of uh, mm -hmm. the company or the organization's strategy. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I guess the, that is indeed an, an ongoing learning process. Definitely. So, uh, so definitely, I think that is uh, uh, something that is food for thought and uh, we have time for for today's uh, episode. So uh, Of course, again, I want to thank you, Ingrid, for uh, joining us today to talk to us about, uh, about this issue. And uh, we're hoping that uh, the uh, next Limpact courses uh, will uh, indeed uh, have the impact that they're looking for. Thanks for the opportunity. You're welcome. Please listen to us again uh, next week uh, to uh, hear the latest insights on international peace and security. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Anchor FM, Apple iTunes. You can also follow us on Spotify and on SoundCloud. I'm Paul Vallée with the Geneva Center for Security Policy. So until next time, bye for now. Mm -hmm.